0: Hello, and welcome to Good Gamers. I am your host, James Smith. And I'm joined today by... Um, Joe Zusai. Oh, hello Joe Zusai. How you doing today? Or Zusai. (laughs) Doing pretty good. So, um... What games are you playing in this current uh, day?
1: (laughs) I'm actually um, starting up... A, a game session tomorrow probably. Uh, I got the uh, Aliens uh, RPG uh, rulebook the other week. and I've been reading through it and I got a couple of friends together
0: to start up a game tomorrow. Nice, nice, nice. Is I would assume this is uh, over the internet? Yep. Nice, nice. Not oh, bad. Definitely. Not bad. The, um, uh, I've been playing a, a few uh, Weave games over over, you know, like, you know, Skype or Zoom or what have you. And they're they're usually, you know, quite enjoyable.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So so, um what made you uh, want to get the alien game in the first place?
1: Um, I played it um uh, a mutual I, I think he's a mutual friend of ours, uh Fennicini
0: from the old Weave channel. Yes. Uh, I
1: met I met him at PAX unplugged last year and he invited me to play a game with him uh, and a bunch of dudes one night while we were there and it was one of the most enjoyable tabletop sessions I have ever had uh, he had bought the aliens rule book and one of the, and the cinematic module uh, chariot of the god and he ran us through that session for oh god seven-ish hours wow. only six a very
2: long session and i was so uh enamored but with the the way characters are created
1: and how everybody's encouraged to have secrets that i went out and i purchased finally purchased the rule book on my own um it came two three weeks ago and i finally read through it enough to where i feel comfortable running a game
0: wow that's that's that sounds pretty cool um do you plan on running it for like seven hours or not really
1: no, I am I plan on running... The book itself comes with a small module, like a little sample module, uh, in the last, like, 20 or 30 pages of the book. It's meant to be run for, like, two to three hours. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so I'm going to keep this session down to only two hours because I'm running it late at night, and if it
0: goes into another game, it'll go into another game. <laughs> that, that's usually the case. Um, w- what would you say the... Uh... The best part of the game is, like, what do you think would be like, yes, I would buy this because of this?
1: Of this specific game?
0: Yeah, of this specific game, Aliens, yes.
1: I think it is the idea of uh, personal agendas. Uh, when you create your character and when you get a, a pre-generated character, uh, you are given a, a secret motivation. Um that's usually meant to be, you know, kept secret from the other players. The modules that you get are in uh, in the flavor of the aliens movies uh, by Ridley Scott, and I don't know how familiar you are with them. But in the main cast uh, of any of these movies, there's always one, two, or three characters with less than wholesome motivations. There's the, the corporate stooge who try who's trying to capture some dna of the alien to bring back to headquarters for bioweapons research there's uh the 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 uh marine who's actually a coward who you know hides in the corner and is the least reliable member of the team uh there's the there's a drug addict who in times of crisis will do whatever he can to get a fix including selling out his crewmates it's that sort of secret conflict that made the game really enjoyable for me. I had never really played, uh, I, I played the corporate stooge in the game that I played with Fennaccini and that made me, I was kind of antagonistic <laughs> when I played it and I had never played an antagonistic character like that before. And it was really, really enjoyable.
0: That, that sounds like quite the, uh, quite the ragtag group of people. Uh, and it does sound like it was an enjoyable experience. Uh, I remember, uh, and it may not have been enjoyable to Fennicini or anyone else, but, uh, but I remember playing a weave game once with Fenn where uh, he was playing as... I, I don't know if he's the devil, but he's like Mr. Black or whatever. And, uh-huh. and it was at a summer camp or at a camp, and I had summoned him you know, to do my bidding or whatever. And, <laughs> and I asked him, I said I wanted him to impregnate everyone that was at the camp... <laughs> and, and he he did the same th- same thing that you just did. He was just like what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs>
1: could, could you hear my face palm
0: It was I'm sorry, but I had you know it's one of those things where uh again, uh I don't know if it's just my 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 joy of just making people slightly uncomfortable in a playful <laughs> way or just because I'm an asshole, I don't know, but I just had to do it. I was <laughs> just like, I don't want to do something simple, you know. Like I want, I want to do something elaborate, you know. It's the devil. Come on.
1: Uh, I I definitely remember playing a game or two with you, and you are
0: quite the force for chaos. <laughs> I just, it's fun, you know. The, uh, uh, obviously, in real life, I'm a very peaceful and loving person, but in a video, <laughs> in a game, I say, why not explore those options, right? It's mm-hmm. it's a safe space, I say. Uh mm-hmm. huh. The um. So when when you're when you're playing this alien game, right? Um, do you after the game has finished, are you like game over, man? Game over. <laughs>
1: I think that's going to depend on how many survivors we have. Okay. Uh, in the game that I played at Pax Unplugged, we started with uh, seven players. And at the end, we only had one survivor.
2: Hmm.
1: Everyone else had been killed by the aliens or by collateral explosions or, in this case, each other. Uh, I think that was the part that I enjoyed most about this specific session was that uh, at one point, like my character ran into the med lab because there's an alien infection spreading around. uh, And in a panic, I grabbed a syringe that was essentially labeled vaccine, and injected myself with it. And oh. uh, Fenn had me roll, uh, like, a, a, a basically a constitution saving throw, and I failed, and he handed me another card, had written on it that I had just become infected with
2: the alien pathogen, and I was morphing into an apex predator. Oh, wow.
1: And I was like, I get to be evil and alien now? I get to actually... Not only am I, you know, leaning into the being a force for chaos to, you know, explore the system a little bit more, but now there is a, a, a box for me to play in. Like, I am being told by the DM and by the system, be a force for chaos, go into the air vents and start hunting the other players.
0: There you go, there you go. Uh, I don't know if you ever played uh, Vampire the Masquerade. Just the board game, not the video game. Have you? I
1: have not. I tried to sign up for it at this PAX, but all the slots were full.
0: Okay. Yeah, um, what I was told, because um, I went to a, a booth. It was called Gehenna was the name of the company. And uh, they were like, get there early because it fills up quickly. So I think I was there at like 8 or 9 a.m. in the morning, just waiting online. And uh, I ended up uh, playing a, 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 a gangrel. And the gangrel... A oh, gangrel is uh like um I guess you could say he he's kind of like half half demon half human like he looks more he he looks like if a demon and a human came together if that makes mm-hmm. sense like uh because he does not have the best looking features, but he still has human like features if that makes sense i see okay, okay, well, anyway, so the character. Uh, was, uh, he fed off of other vampires. He did not eat anyone else. Oh, okay. And so the GM told me that. And so I was like, how am I going to get the other players trapped in a room so I could feed on them when I need to? (laughs) And I just literally would, like, cause, like... Um commotion so that everyone would run into the room, and 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 then you know I I pick them off one at a time. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, and 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 then of course their hunger would go up, you know, and stuff like that. And it and I was just like I just love I just love the fact that they gave me that ability because like you said I could have just been that dude that was, you know, like a normal vampire that, you know, probably feeds off of like dogs in and um like in Lestat like in the you know interview with a vampire or or whatever the character's name is but you know i just i i like i like a partnership i like a good partnership that's what i'm getting at where the gm and the player work together to give such a good uh enjoyment of the game you know really nice to see a system have a
2: place like Set aside for that because it's one thing to be an antagonistic
1: player and have like you know have written that into your backstory and it all be your idea that you kind of uh, you know bounce off of the DM and they're like okay you can do that and I'll back you up and it's a whole other thing to have the system itself
0: uh, support you in being an antagonist. Exactly, exactly. The um one of the one of the funniest scenes was um, I was we were trying to get like um like an answer to the locks to open the locks. They have like digital locks. And there was like, um, I think it was like vodka or a whiskey or whatever. And uh, I was like, oh, I'm going to drink some of that whiskey. And then everyone else was like, vampires don't drink whiskey. And then, and then he told me, he's like, oh, you get sick. And then your hunger went up. And I was like, oh, well, there you go. I'm, not only am I, uh, A vampire that feeds on other vampire. I'm also. I'm also very angry now, or uh, like very hungry. (laughs) Uh So it's like Uh as soon as you walk in the door, I'm going to attack you. There's not (laughs) going to be. It was. It was just. It was just a whole funny scenario. Um, I don't think anyone survived that game. Wow. Yeah. So uh, it was pretty. It was. uh, it was pretty interesting. <laughs> um, but, um, in terms of the, um, you know, these types of games, the RPGs, what would you say is your favorite? It, you know, if you have a favorite. uh hmm.
1: Well, I've only really played, uh, three, well, if you consider separate Dungeons and Dragons editions to be separate games, I think I've played four different types, I guess. Okay. I've played... I've played Weave, I've played D&D 3.5 and 5e, and I've played this Alien... Nope, I take that back. There was one more. Um, I played a... I think it was in beta at the time. I don't think it's out yet. It was a system called Parslings. Okay. Um, Which is, I don't think it's out yet. I'm not actually sure if I'm allowed to talk about it.
0: Okay. Um, well, you can hold your tongue if you like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, Yeah. Um, My like
0: favorite system for that? I don't know. I don't think I'm going to be able to pick. Okay, no
1: worries. I don't, no. I, I don't think my breadth of knowledge is big
0: enough for me to pick one. Well, it's perfectly understandable that, you know, um, I, I don't know if I had said this to you when I was at uh, the, the convention. I think it was PAX, right? Um, where we played the, the weave at, at the Euler Stadium or uh, some yeah. stadium yeah the um and uh the uh i was like uh going out on the floor you know the show floor or like the sales floor as i call it and they had so many uh so many interesting games and i was like you know um i'm obviously not a rich person but if if I had money for it, I'd be like Kirby and I would just suck up all the games <laughs> <laughs> and take them home. It's, it's, uh-huh. it's, yeah. so I could totally understand, uh, choosing one favorite. Uh, the, um, I don't know, uh, if you're more of a kind of like, uh, a rules based guy or you, you're more lenient, but what, what which way do you go towards?
2: Uh,
1: I, my biggest pet peeve is when I am playing a game and another person playing it uses a rule that I don't know to gain advantage or restricts me using a rule that I don't know. So I, I am pretty squarely on the, the rules side, but once, if, if the rule is like you can do what you want, within this set of confines, like, if the rules are still pretty open-ended, I'm okay with that. Um, I don't... I'm not using the rules to, like, be strict on myself, and you can only do... follow the letter of the rule, and that's it. Yes. Um, but I do like to understand the whole, you know, the whole system of things. I'm not gonna... If I'm DMing a, se- a session of d and I'm not gonna let you cast three spells in one turn, uh, just because you think
2: it'll be awesome. Uh, <laughs> but I will let you flavor it up and role play the heck out
0: of it and stuff like that. Oh, that's that's very fair. That's very fair. Like a lot of times um uh, it it's not happening anymore, but um there was a comic book store that was near my house and they had, you know, game night. And uh every time that I would play a game, people would be like, "Oh, you're you're so you're, you're you don't follow the rules, so you're not fun to play with." and then I was like "Well, there's." I was like I think it's fun to p- just play the game I, I'm not so stickler on it you know does that make yeah. sense like I, I like to just have fun you know it, like let's play a game not have the person be like well you know this and you know that and you know like and then like a half an hour later and you're like okay is it my turn now <laughs> I did have an
1: experience like that at one point. Um, I signed up for a sort of learn-to-play session at a convention for a game called One Deck Dungeon. Okay. Um, it's a two-player game where you play, you're basically dungeon crawling, but you're playing against the deck. So the rules will tell you draw a card and the card will have like an encounter or a trap or something like that. And you have to play stuff out of your hand to deal with it the person who was trying to, quote, teach us to do this spent 45 minutes reading the rule book to us verbatim and then just let us loose on it. Oh, wow. And I'm like, this is not really how you're supposed to teach how this works because, you know, 15, 20 minutes into her reading the book, we had already started forgetting things from the beginning.
0: <laughs> it happens, it happens. The, um, there is... um. I went to, uh, I think it was PAX Boston, which was, it was this year, and uh, uh, I was in in an Exploding Kittens tournament, Uh and I didn't remember how to play Exploding Kittens. So I said in the beginning, I was like, how do you play Exploding Kittens? And they were like, oh, it's a very easy game, you'll pick it up. And it was. But I just remember thinking, like, if I was in a more elaborate game, like poker or something, (laughs) or like bridge, it would not work. (laughs) But uh, I still had a good time, either way. So, um, I'm just curious. If you were to make a game, uh, what would that be? It could be anything. It doesn't necessarily have to be an RPG, Wow. Um, okay.
1: Uh-huh. That is, that is... So, um, that's actually pretty funny. Um, I'm actually a hobbyist uh, game developer. Got it. Like, I, I, I write my own video games and have enough programming skill to build them
0: somewhat. Cool.
1: I don't have a whole lot of art skill, so a lot of them are borrowed art or you know, blocks and stuff like that.
0: Of course, of course. Um,
1: I think I do have a dream game okay. that I, you know, if I had unlimited budget and unlimited talent, this is what I would, what I would build. Um, I had a whole design document written out for it. Uh, the game was called uh, the perfect shot. And in it, you play as a, uh, a photographer, a photojournalist, who specializes in covering natural disasters.
0: Huh, that's cool.
1: So every level would be you getting airdropped into an area as a disaster is happening, an earthquake, a tsunami, a volcano, a tornado, uh, one of those things. And you are charged with surviving it and taking as many good pictures as you can. And mm-hmm. the twist is that the pictures that are worth the most, quote like journalist points yeah. are pictures of victim, pictures of the people trying to deal with the crisis. But for every picture of those that you would take, you would have the choice to set up the perfect shot and take it to get the maximum number of points or forego the photo and try and help the people who are in trouble because the one the photos that get the most points are the ones of the people, not escaping, of course, of um, course. You know, yes. The carnage and stuff, and then depending on whether you would rescue more people or get more of these journalism points, there would be this shadowy figure in the background of all these disasters happening. Who takes notice that the disasters are all happening very quickly, like all within the span of a year. Gotcha. Um, and if you rescue enough people and, and keep the death tolls down, he's going to, in his twisted brain. Uh, Think that um, humanity needs culling and he's going to embark on uh, a career as a serial killer. And your last (laughs) level is to take a picture of him in his own house without getting caught. Oh, wow. And then on the other side, if you, um,
2: you know, forego saving people and to instead take pictures
1: of the disasters, he will consider uh, humanity ready for. Uh, enlightenment, so to speak, and he'll use the frequent disasters and the death toll to, like, rise up as humanity's savior and be elected dictator, and then your last mission is going to be to snap a picture of him in, like, his castle with his guards all over the place.
0: Oh, that's neat. That's very neat. And uh... That was
1: the game that I wanted to make. And then I found out that there is a game, I think it's called Michigan,
0: Michigan? That's the name? Okay. Uh, uh, That is essentially
2: that game, but with a bit of an alien twist on it. You still play as a
1: photojournalist going into like this Call of Cthulhu-esque island environment, and you get certain points for keeping your camera on the monster, certain points for keeping your camera on the news anchor who's accompanying you around, and all of this stuff. So it's the same sort of like dark grittiness, yes. Um, with
2: the me- central mechanic being photo analysis, like you you get points based on uh, what your pictures
1: are
0: of. I gotcha. I gotcha. That 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 reminds me. Um, I'm sure it comes to mind as well. Dead Rising, with uh, with Frank West, where he's dropped into the zombie apocalypse, and he's taking he's taking pictures of the zombies. And you have to you have to fight the zombies, take a picture, and the, the better the picture is, the more points you get. You know, I'm, Have you ever played Dead Rising or no?
1: I don't, or I haven't, and okay. I'll be honest. I like all the videos and stuff I've seen of Dead Rising is of the character running around in like clown shoes, smacking yeah. people with a giant pizza yeah, or something
0: yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of wacky uh, outfits. It's um. I, I, I would assume, you know, I can't say for certain, but I would assume the people that worked on that game, that was like their uh their personality just coming through and trying to make a bleak situation funny. You know. Again, you know, it is the zombie apocalypse. And uh they they do have this game. It's called Slicicles. And and it was bas <laughs> it was basically like um if you ever saw the movie um I can't remember the name of it offhand, but it, it, it's like the zombie apocalypse had happened and then they controlled the zombies and then they made the zombies like like uh, like their pet. And they did all like these little dumb shows afterwards, you know, like game shows. That's basically uh, what it was, what, what it was. And and like you know, like you made the like you could put like uh, unicorn hats onto him and it's it, it just basically like making fun of the zombies. Um, but, uh, I, I played a lot of that. It was pretty fun. Uh, Um, if you, um, were to choose, I I don't know how much you do this, but if you were to choose like retro games, like old school games versus newer games, what would you prefer?
1: Uh. Well, I've definitely lately uh, been playing a lot of games with a more kind of retro feel, if not a retro-like aesthetic. Um, I've been playing through the second, the sequel to Ori and the Blind Forest. Which is Ori and the Will of the Wisps? Cool, cool. Which it it's a it's a Metroidvania. You know, two D scroller sort of game, uh, which is already kind of retro on its own, but the graphics are very well done and very up to very up to date. Um, I don't go for the military shooters and the battle royale shooters that everybody likes nowadays. Understood. Um, I don't play them either. So maybe that puts me more into the retro category, but I, I like the feel. And the game types of retro games, but not necessarily the aesthetic, like the pixel art and the cute sound effects and the uh, the the general sort of flavor of
0: how things look. Of course, of course, I, I've I've noticed myself that, like, um, I'll play like a like for a re- not too long ago. I got the, you know, before before GameStop was closed. Um, I got the, um, uh, the Final Fantasy seven remake
2: uh-huh.
0: and I was playing it and, and, uh, and after a while I was like, you know what, I want to play bad dudes, you know, <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and it's just like, it's like, I go back and forth between like an, an older game. I'll be like, yeah, I'll play a new game. And I was like, okay, now I'll play this old game now. Like it's, it's very funny. Like, uh. I don't know how, if that's just me, or that's just people in general. Like, where, like they have to go back and forth between the retro gaming, but uh, you know, I just I, it's it's one of those things. It's like, yeah, I'm having fun with Animal Crossing, but I think I'll play World Heroes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's um it's pretty interesting. Um, uh, I'm sure you've played this game because it's a very popular game. It's called Dominion. It's a card game. Have you ever played it? What is it? Dominion? Dominion? Minion? No, Dominion. Dominion. Um, I think
1: I've played... I've only played it once,
0: I think. Oh, okay, okay. Well, it it goes along the lines of, like, Risk, Battleship. It's like Clue. It's like one of those games that there's just, like, so many incarnations of it. But... uh, Mm -hmm. I just remember I, like at that place I mentioned to you before, the uh the comic book store, they would always be playing the Dominion and they would be like, Oh yeah, I have this new expansion for it. And it's just like how many expansions are there? You know, it, it it it's it's impressive. You know, like um I'm sure maybe you've played uh, cards against humanity. Oh yeah. Yeah, and there's like a, a lot of expansions for that. Like um my friend had one that was like, um, it, for the lack of a better term, it was a life-sized box. Like you could literally fit a human being in the box, and it was Cards Against Humanity. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But I think that was I think that was more of like a a gag gift than actually like where you could store the cards. <laughs> mm, yeah, I see. But I just thought it was amusing that it was so large that it was like so large and and uh, like I didn't think they'd make something like that, you know. What's the strangest thing that you've seen in, in gaming?
2: Strangest
1: thing, um, I did play a game. Uh, speaking of Cards Against Humanity, uh, you know it's the sort of it's a sort of simplistic concept that you can you know break it apart and apply it to all kinds of things. Yes, um, I played a game called Dad Jokes. Okay. Uh, at one point, I think the game was in like post-release beta, or was fresh off the press, or something like that. Like it hadn't been released for all that long. And it's it's a Cards Against Humanity kind of game where you have one character, one player who's the judge. And they have a prompt card. It's white or it's black in Cards Against Humanity. Uh, in this game, they were blue. Uh, it has like some phrase on it, and the other players have to play cards out of their hand to make the funniest outcome. What this guy had done was he had taken a list of 150-some-odd dad jokes. Uh, okay. Things like, have you heard about the restaurant on the moon? Uh, great food, but no atmosphere. <laughs> um, and he had taken all, all of these jokes, and he had sliced them in half. And in the first half whatever that phrase was, became the black cards or the, the prompt cards. Got it. The second half, he divided them up by individual word and each word became a white card, a card that a player could play. Understood. So so the judge would draw a prompt card and the players would be able to play any number of cards out of their hand with these individual words on them to try and make a joke out of it. Gotcha. Or a gotcha. phrase out of it. Yeah. And... It was so random. We wound up with phrases like, have you heard of the restaurant on the moon? Giraffe, bloody crocodile. <laughs> and it didn't make any sense for the most part. Like, things, we, we were just, it, it, it got to the point where we could only laugh at the absurdity of the sentences we were coming up with.
0: Yeah, sounds and not like not
1: any of the creative puns or jokes that were coming
0: out of it. That's, that's amazing. The, um, that reminds me of, um, um, I had this game that I bought a while back. I think it was called Smack Talk Showdown. And it's, it's a wrestling game, but it's card based. And you, uh, you pick your wrestling name. You know, it's usually two cards with two cards. And then after that, you pick your location and whosoever like the owner or the gm reads the location and the wrestlers have to smack talk each other and whoever does the best smack talking is the winner of the round huh. and so when i originally saw it it was played by actual wrestlers like at the convention <laughs> and i thought it was the funniest cuz the creators and the wrestlers were playing it and the audience was the was the audience you know and um, I just was like, "Wow, this is the most fun game ever! I have to buy it." And then um, when I brought it to you know various places, people are like, "Oh, this is a a party game, or this is a, a, an, a an action game." He's, I'm not I'm not too keen on on those games. There, I always feel like a fool playing them, you know. And and I'm just like, well, you know, uh, it's give it a try you know and so many people were so like i i guess for lack of a better term weren't good at thinking on their feet so it just it, it ended up being like this very awkward game which i thought was hilarious <laughs> because uh, um i again that that's just my sense of humor the um but you know, like no one. Ever since you know, like I, I think I played it maybe a handful of times, and every time when I mention it, I go, "Hey, you, do you want me to play that game again?" People are like, "No, I don't want to play that game ever <laughs> again." Oh man! But yet, but yet they they will play a game like Jackbox, you know, or something like that, and I'm like, it's it's kind of like real life Jackbox, but all right. Uh. But I'm just saying, because, yeah, you know, it's... I mean, I guess the, the thing is, if I remember the Jackbox games correctly, a lot of them are sort of uh,
1: anonymous stuff. Yeah. Um, so you you get the prompt, do something on your phone, and then it reveals the results later. Maybe there's something less like, uh, or the, the lack of immediacy means that it'll, it's easier for people
0: who are more socially awkward, or not as good at improvising. Indeed, indeed. The, um, the I may have told you this story, and not on the podcast, maybe in person, maybe on, in one of our games that we played Weave, but when I was going to college, uh, I took a songwriter's workshop, and uh, okay. did did I tell you this story or no? I don't think so. Okay, well... Um, again, it wasn't part of my curriculum or anything like that. It wasn't part of uh, you know a credit or anything. It was only a one credit class. But my teacher um, I, I told him, I was like, "I want to join your class because you know I think songwriting would be fun." And he goes, "Do you have any songwriting experience?" And I said, um, "No, I have no songwriting experience. I can't play any instruments, but, I, but I, 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 I've sung a few times in karaoke. And I was on American Idol once. And and he and he's like he's like, good enough. <laughs> and, and and so uh you had to uh write a song from scratch by yourself and you at uh in the midterm and in the final you had to perform it in front of the whole entire school. Oh, oh. Yes. Wow.
1: Okay. So, <laughs>
0: And so the first the first um, thing that I wrote was this song called uh, Future Eyes, which um, it is a song about seeing someone that you love, like, you know, maybe a, a person that you find attractive or like um, maybe it was uh, how you felt when you met your wife. You know what I meant? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, oh, I want to spend the rest of my life with this person. You know what I mean? For lack of a better term. Um I've never been married before, but I would just assume that's how it is. Um and uh so I wrote a song about that and I had my sister, who actually knows how to play the piano, play the play the music. And um so I, I, I did the part and they were like, Oh, it's you know, it's a very it's a very nice it's a very pretty song, you know, like I'm curious to see what you do for your final. And so uh, the next song that I did was um, called Off the Top of My Head. Uh Now, this song was uh, me saying whatever came to the top of my head. Now, (laughs) I did not curse or anything like that. It was just me being like, nonsense stuff. Uh, The whole point of it was, it was awkward humor. You know, like, um, like Zach Galifianakis or... You know, along those veins of like, it's funny, but he he looks like he's being uncomfortable being funny. You know, Mm -hmm. and so um, promoting embarrassment by proxy. Exactly, exactly. The whole point, the whole point of the song was to make the people watching it so uncomfortable that they wanted to leave. Mm, But but not but not in a not in a negative way where I was saying something that was offensive. It was just like. You know, like, this is so stupid. Why am I sitting here and listening to it? That was the point of it. And so uh, the teacher told me, he said, okay, um, they have like a review before you get to go up in front of the class. And he goes, let me see your your second song. And so uh, I had uh, another person that was an audio engineer And he knew how to play the guitar and play the drums and whatnot. So his band recorded the background music for me. And I was like, oh, here's the song. And he goes, I heard your song. And he goes, I don't think that we can play this in front of the school. Now, again, this is not, this is not, you know, any curse words. There's nothing in there like that. And um, so he goes, but you do, you do have to perform for the final." So, so, uh, uh, you know, like, um, uh, side note, a lot of the people that I was performing with are are people that had record deals or were signed to record deals or have been playing music for a long time, like, a long, long time. Like, they were very talented people. And so, you know, the first person goes on, everyone's like, yeah, that was great, you know. Oh, that was amazing, blah, blah, blah. Then my teacher goes... Okay, the next performer is James Smith. He's never taken any music classes. He doesn't sing professionally, so let's just give it a, Let's just give a hand for him. And and he goes, but James is not going to be playing an instrument. It's a recording, and so
1: fell there, teach.
0: Yeah, okay. yeah ex- exactly. So he he set it up. He was just like, hey. You know, like, this is going to happen, blah, 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 blah. So I get up on stage. And uh, they're playing the recording. And uh, at one point, I started uh, editing in, like, Japanese lingo from anime. Just because it was funny. (laughs) And I perform. And it ends dead silent. Dead silent. No one. No one's laughing. No. No one's clapping. And then someone literally says, "Boo!" <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 everyone starts getting angry. And then some people started laughing at the people booing. And I was like, "This is the best moment in my life." <laughs> oh my God. And, and the teacher. The teacher goes, are, "Are you embarrassed?" And I go, "No, I'm not." It was the, wow. it, and, and like, I'm, I'm just saying, like, that's what I like about uh, role playing games is that, like, the, you may perceive it in this one way of being like, this is how you play a game, but it always goes the complete opposite direction. <laughs> that is impressive, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I know that a lot of people wouldn't consider that to be a crowning achievement, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I took a whole, cl- a whole school's worth because this was like maybe a thousand students. It was it was not like I don't know if a thousand were in attendance, but I'm just saying it's a small school. So, it, it, but it was still a good sized audience, you know. And I just remember being like, "Yeah, I just did like a big f you to all of these talented people." <laughs> Uh, Hey, at the end of the day,
1: every single one of them knew who you were.
0: Exactly, exactly. And some of them actually wanted to record songs with me after. Oh, my God, really? (laughs) Yes, which was very funny because uh, I was an, uh, again, I was an audio engineer and that was part of my major was going to the studio and recording songs. Um, But, yeah, I just thought that was so amusing. Uh, Again, this is the only thing that I really do now in terms of uh, recording, but I figured got to do at least one thing, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, um, do you have, like, a similar story to that, or would you say that you have nothing near that story and James should just stop talking?
1: Well, I don't have anything quite near that gale. Uh, I can certainly appreciate being uh, a, a force for chaos so to speak. Um, I remember playing a game uh, at a friend's house that was called... It's called Secret Hitler. Oh, yeah. i played that game before. Uh, It's a hidden identity game where one of the players... Everybody gets, you know, face-down cards. Uh, Half the players are fascists and the other half are, I think, liberals, I think is the name they give them. Yeah, I believe so. And it's the sort of... It's a sort of thing where you get a policy, you put an anonymous vote in, you pick who votes on it, you vote whether to let them vote on it, and then they vote on whether to approve the policy or not. And if the fascists get X number of policies passed, they win. If the liberals get X number of policies win passed, they win. Yes. Um, and then one of the fascists is Hitler. Of course. And at the end of the voting, I think the liberals get to vote on whether they want to assassinate somebody. Yes, and if they assassinate Hitler, they win. Yes. Um, so I, I love playing hidden identity games
2: like this, but I suck at it. <laughs> I'm really bad at mind-gaming people, and I, get, I usually get figured out really quickly. So
1: I decided going into this game that I was going to play both sides. Um, I was going to I, – I think I got a, a liberal card. I was going to play the worst fascist I could ever play – and I announced this, like, at the beginning of the game. I said, I'm, I'm here to be a force for chaos. And that meant that nobody could pin anything on me. <laughs> nobody could figure out what I really was and what I was doing and whose side I was on. And I think I still managed to cause the liberals, to cause my team to win the game.
0: Not bad, not bad. Um,
1: but they were, everybody was pretty frustrated at me for, quote, not really playing the game.
0: Yes. The, um I, I was listening to um a podcast a while ago, the podcast is no longer around. It's called Victory Points. And uh they were talking about how when you play a game with friends or uh within you know, a friendly capacity that um there should be uh, um like uh, an understanding that it's just a game and to not take things personally. You know, uh-huh. And, 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 I, and I remember, like, playing certain games where I'm just being the character that I'm being. And then people got so angry at me afterwards. And I was like, I was just playing the character. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, you know, because it's like, uh, like uh, they're like, it's a game. I'm sitting here and I'm playing the game. But me, I'm like, no, I am that character. You, you know, so it's like. It's it's always funny to see people where they're like they're still in reality but they're in fantasy. Meanwhile, while I'm in the game, I'm like, oh, I'm this character, so it's fantasy for me. So I'm not taking any of this personally. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you feel the same way or no?
1: I mean, I feel like there is a time and a place for it. Um, if you're if you're at a party with a bunch of friends and you're having a game night and you kind of get to the end and wind down and you kind of just want to, you know screw around a little bit and not have to think very much anymore. That's a good time to break out the the trolling a little bit, but before that it's kind of in moderation. If you if you start the game off, if you start the night off and everybody wants to play Dominion or uh Ticket to Ride or something like that where it's, you know, pretty strict and everybody is doing what they're supposed to, then that's probably not the time to be trolling people. <laughs>
0: I guess, I guess, you know, that, that makes valid sense, you know, um, you know, I was thinking to myself, like, why, why would someone, like, want to be difficult, you know, in a game setting, it's, it's supposed to be fun, but why not? That's, that's, that's my logic. (laughs) You know, it's a game, you know, it's, it's not like, uh, I'm coming to your house and I'm just like, hey, let me eat all your food and then walk out. (laughs) You know, um, but I'm just curious, uh, if you were to have any, like, advice, gaming advice, you know, what would that be?
1: Anything, period?
0: Yeah, yeah, like, you know, an open-ended question, like, what do you think, you know, would be good to impart with other people about gaming?
1: I guess I think my biggest thing is don't be afraid to be bad I guess not not like bad like evil like you know if you uh pick a, if you have no experience with with a game and a friend of yours invites you to try it out like don't be scared away by the fact that you don't know everything about how the game works don't be afraid to you know, mess up and not know the rules or, you know, make a, make a decision that's not perfect and guaranteed to make you win and stuff. If you're getting into a game for the first time, don't be afraid to lose or make bad choices or generally suck. Um, you know, hopefully you are doing this with a friend who isn't bringing you in so that they have somebody to beat on, like to just win over of course. Over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: that makes perfect and,
1: sense. But if you, if you have a good group, if you had somebody who's a good teacher, then they're going to take care of you. You just have to get over the fear of, like, the foolishness that comes with trying and
0: failing. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. You usually learn more from failure than you do success. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, I just want to say. That I appreciate uh, you, Joe, for being on my podcast, and uh, hopefully you, you, and uh, yours are doing well, staying safe, and yeah, same um, to you. Um, uh, Until next this time. Was
1: a, this was a really enjoyable thing. It's good to sit down and talk with talk about this with somebody.
0: Oh well, you know, that's what I'm aiming for—a good old chit chat. No, no. No bulls about it, kind of, how you doing kind of thing. (laughs) Uh But, all right, everybody. Until next time,
2: Gigi.